on down. Okay. Come on up. Uh, it's my privilege to introduce John and Bev Atkins to, to speak this morning. John and Bev have been at the Vineyard for, we determined, at least 10 years, but we're all too old and can't remember exactly how long. Um, served in various capacities through the years. John is an elder. John and Bev is transforming group leaders, prayer ministry team, uh, ministry leaders, lots of capacities, and as friends. That's a real deep service as friends. That's hard work, right? And um, so we're thrilled to have the Atkins here this morning. They are the first, like, in a long time, real-life missionaries we as a church are sending out. Um, and so I wanted to come and ask them to speak this morning about their leaning into promise. They're walking into the courage that it takes to respond to the call of God. So uh, I want to pray for them, and then I'm going to loose them upon you. God, thank you for John and for Bev. Thank you for their relationship. Thank you for the joy, confidence, and peace that they just walk in. And I ask, Lord, that you'd uh, grant those in them and through them as they speak and that you would release right here in our midst this morning all that they carry. So Holy Spirit, come, fill them again, release the good news of Jesus through them, and bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I get to start out, but I'm going to pull a little uh, Billy Graham on you, because we need to talk about the gospel first. So um, it was amazing. This time around, the worship team, thank you if you're in here for playing that song, the very uh, last song that you played, because um, here's the deal. Take courage. And uh, the words are, and you who hold the stars, who call them each by name, will surely keep your promise to me that I will rise in your victory. And I tell you what, if we don't have that, if we don't have that in here, if we don't believe Jesus lives in us, then everything else that we do is really in vain. So I just pray that if you need Jesus in your life, that uh, you'll accept him and, and that you'll be able to, to you know, the, get this promise that you will rise, you know, whenever you're dead and gone, that you will rise to heaven. So, and then the rest of it is, so take courage, my heart, stay steadfast, my soul, he's in the waiting. And hold on to your hope as your triumph unfolds, he's never failing. And so that's, you know, that's what it's all about. That's, that's what we're about, that's what anything that happens up here is all about. So I want to tell a little bit about our story um, because it's, uh, it, it just didn't happen overnight that uh, John and I are doing the things that we're doing right now. It didn't happen overnight. So um, both of us were raised very traditional Southern Baptist. So if any of you know anything about that, it's uh, very traditional. And, um, but we are grateful for our, our foundation. The foundation was awesome and great it just stopped a little short of the relationship and so I, i'm grateful for the knowledge that i got at that time but there was more to it so as i got older and had to choose where i went to college i didn't really consult god i, I just chose what i thought would work um, which is great because in those days i, I did meet the love of my life so that, that was a good thing. I think God is just gracious when 
even if you don't have that relationship, if you're just trying to obey, trying to do what he wants you to do, and, you know, not being a good person, that's not, that's not all, but that I'm saved and I'm trying to walk the way he wants me to walk. So I think he's gracious in things like that. So, you know, picking a college, uh, picking a mate, I mean, all those things. I had, like, a list of things that, you know, if, if he didn't fall in these categories, you know, we couldn't get married or we shouldn't even date or whatever. So, so anyway, but we've been married 36 years. So thank you for that. So, uh, yeah, that's a long time ago, you know. But it's awesome. It's been awesome. Um, but here's the deal. John and I, we knew that we needed to be in church. So we went to church. <clears throat> we went in our Southern Baptist churches. And we, you know, any church that you go into, it's the same thing. I knew the hymns, the, 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 when we did offering, when we did this, when we did that. It was all very traditional. <clears throat> and uh, so John and I, we, we tried to make it work, but it was like there's, there's got to be more than this. And so we almost quit going to church. And, uh, I mean, it came very, very close. But uh, John's brother invited us to go to their church that they went to. And when we walked into this church, there were people holding up their hands. Now, it was a Baptist church, too. And there, there were these people that were holding up their hands, and they looked like they liked each other. They even looked like they liked what they were doing, like God and everything. They, they looked like they liked it. And so we didn't know what to think about that. I mean, it was kind of like to the pastor, what are you going to do about these people that are holding up their hands because, you know, that's very disrespectful or whatever. And then they did the tongue thing, and it's like, you know, that's from the devil. So how can this work in this church, this Baptist church? But anyway, as we went, we, we kept just being drawn back to it because there was this love. They, they talked about relationship. And there, there all of a sudden became this relationship in which we only had the knowledge of. And so all of a sudden there was this relationship with this Jesus that we knew all about, but we didn't have that. And so that's, uh, that's when we started to learn about the gifts and even speaking in tongues and, you know, all those things about healings and, and all the things that God wants for fullness of what we are, you know. And, uh, and it was a journey, though. So we got in, and thank goodness for John and I, uh, more so for John than I, but it was one of those things where we went on a journey with this church because the pastor would go out and he would, he would cry out to God every Sunday night after church and say, God, there's got to be more than what we're doing in church. There's got to be more. And God would show him things. And then he would come back the next Sunday and show us things. And then it's kind of like, where did he find that in the Bible? Like, how does that work? And anyway, so that really started the journey for us. Uh, way back in, I don't even know what year that was, but our oldest daughter was just, you know, two, <coughs> excuse me, about two years old when we started going to this church. So, um, so anyway, so after that, we got transferred to Indiana. John had a job transfer, so we came to Indiana about uh, almost 25 years ago now. So it was in 1993, 
which, wow, it seems like so long ago. But anyway, um, so job transfer brought us up here, and, you know, it was one of those, uh, it was kind of like, God, this is a godforsaken land. <laughs> what on earth did you bring us here for? We really felt like we were supposed to come here. I mean, it, it was a good thing, but it was like, why are we here? Why did you bring us here to Indiana? You know, but then there's more to the story, right? So anyway, so I, so I'll, I'll come back to that. But it was kind of trying at first. Um, now, I'm a school teacher. I teach health and PE in high school. And so I got a job at a, the, a local uh, Christian high school and uh, taught there for 14 years. And then around 2011, things started happening that were very interesting about how God was about to take us on this journey, another journey, I guess. Um, but I started going on mission trips over the summer uh, to Mexico with high school students. So we would take anywhere between 15 and 20 high school students. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And uh, in the meantime, we, uh, we decided, well, I had thrown out this idea and my middle daughter was with me and uh, I, I said, you know, there's got to be something else we can do. So we, um, we went down to where the poorhouse does their thing with Andrea Demink. And uh, we, we served, and it was really neat. It was outside. It was, you know, but it, it just, it was her thing, and just didn't, something just wasn't right, you know. And so Andrea said to me, hey, Bev, do you realize that there's uh, young people that live under the bridge in Broad Ripple? And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Because I love young people, right? High school teacher. So she told us all about it. And so uh, anyway, I was talking to, to them and I, my family. And I said, this is something that, you know, I'd really like to go check out. But, you know, what do you do? So I sat on it for a year. So it's all in the waiting, right? It's all in the waiting. It's his timing. And so then one day Amy came up to me and said, my middle daughter, uh, said, Mom, whatever happened to the thing in Broad Ripple? I said, Amy, I said, I think about it all the time. And she goes, let's go. And I said, okay. So we went down one Saturday looking for uh, homeless people. <laughs> like, I'm not sure what you're looking for when you're looking for homeless people. But anyway, we ended up meeting a couple of guys that were very instrumental in, in what we did down there. And we spent four years down in Broad Ripple with a ministry uh, just feeding the home the homeless kids that live under the bridge, and uh, so it was. It was Amy, there was five of us. It was John and Amy and Ashley's husband Nathan and another friend, and there were so there were five of us that went. But uh, that first night that we were th or afternoon that we were there, we started uh, you know taking out our stuff, and they were all around where the McDonald's is there in Broad Ripple. And so a lot of things happened that night. It was crazy. There were police and there were paddy wagons and there was an ambulance and there was a guy in cuffs right on the curb. And we were all thinking, what in the world have we got ourselves into? And so anyway, but we kept going back. And so we spent four years every Wednesday. There's probably not a handful of times that we missed, no matter if it was super hot outside or 
a lot of snow on the ground. We were we were there, and so it was it was a lot of fun. It, it really encouraged us. I think that that's when, you know, my husband John, he that's when God really did something in him, and uh, and and so he can tell that part if he he wants to. But that's when it kind of clicked that there's more to this thing. Um, so we were about to start a non-for-profit for Broad Ripple because. If people gave to it, they needed to be, be able to have a, a, a tax cut or whatever. And so anyway, we, we were about to do that, and I'm like, ah, oh, John, I don't, I don't think so. I, I, I just can't do it. <clears throat> I said, back when I was doing the, the trips to, to Mexico, <clears throat> I thought, well, you know, that's a summer trip. Let's take a, a spring break trip. And so... Somehow God, it had to be God because that's the only way I can find, figure out how to get there. But I found this island called Ruatan. And so on this, this uh, I mean, I, I contacted some people on the island. Uh, I said, this is who I am. This is the school I teach. I would like to bring kids and blah, 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 blah. Well, it never happened. It never worked out. But it was always in my mind and heart. And so I, I, I said, I, I just can't do this until we take a little trip and just see if there's anything there, if, if God has anything for us to do on this island. So in 2012, we took a scouting trip, and uh, I kind of pulled John with me and came kicking and screaming and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, but he had a good time because, you know, island fishing, he likes that. So it was great. Uh, we had a, a great time, 10 days. <clears throat> but we came home, and, and that was that kind of thing. Um, so I came back to reality, to school, and I'm like, you know what? Why are we not teaching about missions in this Christian school? And so I went to the administration. I said, why are we not teaching this? And they're like, well, write something up, and you can teach it. And I'm like, what? I'm a health and PE teacher. You know, I don't, I don't, uh, uh. so anyway, <laughs> so they let me do it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I know nothing about this, but I'll, I'll do it. And so I spent uh, the, that year, it, two semesters of the class, and I was thinking, God, if only you'll send me two or three people, just two or three people, that would, real, I'd, I'd know it was you, right? There were 18 in each class. You know, the kids were hungry to know more about missions. They love missions. They love to travel. They love to serve. And so, anyway, I was able to do that. Um, and then we did other things, like we started a missions club. And so then we would go downtown Indianapolis, and we would work and serve and do some things like that. So, you know, that was part of these things that got us to where we are, you know. Um, in March of 2013... I got to actually speak in my high, the high school that I taught at. Now, you got to realize that women didn't really preach in, in, in my school. And so <clears throat> this was a, for me, it was a big deal. It was like, okay, you know, I, I get this chance because I've always wanted to. Been there 14 years. I thought it'd be nice to be able to do that. And so anyway, uh, I got to speak. And after it was all said and done, I, I told John, I said, you know, I don't really think there's anything else for me to do here. And I don't, I don't know why I said that. I, I think God was starting to do something in me and, and, and letting me finish up what I had started. Um, but I, I told him that. 
And so in May of 2013, my school downsized. We didn't know this was going to happen, but it downsized. And I was one of about 35 that got let go. And so all of a sudden, after 14 years, I didn't have a job teaching school. Um, so uh, John was self-employed in the financial services uh, industry. But I was the one that had the steady income. I was the one that had the health insurance. I would have never quit my job. But you know how God does things sometimes. He, like, boots you out of the, the nest and says, okay, we're going to do something different here. And uh, so, um, Mike, if I could see that next one. When that happened, for about two seconds, I was, like, really taken back, you know, because it was like, how could they, you know, there there just wasn't enough people there. Why me? It was kind of like, woe is me, and then why me? And it's like, it can't be my evaluations. They've all been good, you know. I have a lot of education here. I have a master's degree. Like, what? <laughs> you know? But God sent me to this, and I know it was him, because otherwise I just couldn't have done it. But the part, Matthew six twenty five through 34, and all of our Bibles are titled, Do Not Worry. And uh, it's just telling us about that, you know, don't worry about your life. Don't worry what you eat or drink or wear. You know, if God takes care of the birds of the air and, you know, the flowers that he puts down on the earth. You know, if he takes care of that, he loves us so much more than why can't he take care of us. And it's a promise that he gave. I felt like he gave me. It's like, don't worry. I, I, I've got this, you know. And um, so anyway, um, after that was over with, and then seriously, that took about, uh, you know, a few hours and I was over because I realized that God had something better for me. It's like, why do I want to work at a place that really doesn't need me anymore or, or want me anymore? I'm like, there's got to be more than what we're doing here. And uh, so anyway, I went to a missions meeting uh, here at the vineyard and Mary Lou walks in. And she says uh, something about this ISSM thing. And I'm like, what is ISSM? And she said, it's, you know, Indianapolis Schools for Supernatural Ministry. And I'm like, well, I've been wanting to do some study in, in something, you know, some kind of religious studies. Because I went out to Liberty. I went to IWU, uh, uh, Indiana Wesleyan. And, you know, just I was going to take some classes or something. But anyway, this ISSM, I went, that sounds just like what I want. And so I started ISSM, and it ended up that I, my class went three years in ISSM. Most of the time it's two years, but we went three. Maybe we were slow. I don't know. It might have been, you know, Dave, you can talk about that one, but we might have been just slow, but we were really hungry. And, and we did a third year, and then I got the privilege of teaching second year the following year after that. And so I've spent four years in ISSM, and at the very beginning... Man, I didn't know who I was. I, I took that disc profile, and I was like, I mean, I was, you know, I, I, there was nothing that showed up that I was, you know, I mean, I was just pretty even across, you know. And uh, anyway, so, but I started learning who I was, and I started learning that those crazy ideas that I've always had might have been from God, you know, it might not have been just crazy ideas. Maybe, so, you know, I'm, I'm that visionary person. <clears throat> well, anyway, John can talk about that in a little bit. But 
But as a visionary, you know, sometimes we're squelched if there's no money and no, you know, you just you just got to analyze everything, right? And but for those of us that are visionaries, it's it's tough for us. <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> so um, so after that, I started working for a, a man that um, that bought and sold houses, and I just turned on and off utilities for him. So now I was in a little office. To put a PE person in an office is the worst. I mean, to make a set behind a desk, oh, it's not good at all. So, uh, but anyway, I, I kept getting this number 333, 333. You know, that's probably happened to some of you. Or God's given you something else, but it's like you're, you're on this mission trying to figure out what he's trying to say to you. So I would see 333 everywhere, 333 on the clock, a.m., p.m., didn't matter when it was. Uh, gas was $3.33. You could buy two Big Macs for $3.33. I mean, it was everywhere. I'm not kidding. It was like, God, what are you trying to tell me? I mean, I looked up every chapter in the Bible, third chapter, 33 verse. I couldn't find anything. I mean, I just couldn't find anything. And... Um, I was listen I was in my little office and I was listening to Bobby Connor. And uh Bobby Connor was doing a great sermon and he mentioned Jeremiah 33:3. And I went I mean it, it just like it, it, it just the light went off. And so if I can get my next slide there, Mike, uh the this is what I looked up and it was Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. And I thought, oh, man, that that's it. I mean, I had the I had the thingies in the wrong place. I was in 33.3 instead of 3.33, whatever those little thingies are. I'm a PE teacher. Remember that. So, so I was doing the I was doing the wrong thing. It was 33.3. And anyway, that's what God, I felt like, gave me for my verse. Because he's just saying, search me and you'll find me and I'll give you everything you need. You know, and so anyway, so um, uh, let's see. During the, the second year of ISSM, again, something else occurred. So it was like every time I turned around, uh, we were being told to dream big. So church, Pastor Randy would talk about dreaming big. School would talk about dreaming big. I'd listen on the radio, and the radio was saying things about dreaming big. And I'm like, what in the world does that mean? Does that mean like dream for a bigger house, a bigger car, a bigger, maybe a boat. I'd like a boat. maybe. But I didn't know what it meant, you know what, what I'm saying? It's like I had no clue. So next slide. I was do, I do I teach driver's ed too, so you can see a little bit the crazy thing going on in in me. Um, so I was driving down 31, going towards Westfield, and I had a kid in my car, and they're driving, and I'm I'm like, we're going down there, and they were building they were building bridges, and all of a sudden, it was just like I was mesmerized by this building of this bridge, and I just kept watching these bridges as we went by. And all of a sudden, I felt like God said, you see, at one point in time, somebody dreamed that. Before the first one was ever made, somebody dreamed it. 
And I thought, that's what he's talking about. Something that's impossible to do. Because that's impossible way back in the day. You know, way back then it was impossible. So the dream is to do something impossible for God, you know. Um, so that, that was my, my, my bridge because <laughs> that really said a lot to me. Uh, and then one Sunday we had a speaker from Bethel, uh, California, that was here. And they asked the question at the end of their speech or their preaching or whatever. Um, uh, and they said, uh, let me, at the end we were asked what we felt like God wanted us to do. And man, I, you know, I, I just had this thing going on inside of me, and I'm like, oh, geez, no, I can't say this out loud because if I say it out loud, it's like ridiculous. And anyway, very last, I, I think Jane had the mic, and and I, she was about to quit, and I went, oh, can I say something before you? <clears throat> so I got up, and I said, I want to take the island of Roatan, Honduras, for Jesus. And it was, um, it was like, when you say something out loud, it becomes reality. And so we can keep everything in us. We can talk about it. We can think through it. We can, you know, say, God, oh, I'll do anything you tell me to do. But if you know what you're supposed to be doing, you got to speak it out. Because when you speak it out, it can become reality. And so that's what happened. It's like, oh, my goodness, I just said that, you know. And, and I think John was sitting in the back. I think I was here, and John was in the back, and he was going, <laughs> you know, one of these kind of things. And anyway, so, but it was spoken then. It, the words came out. Uh, so in 2014, John and I couldn't get our minds off the Rotan thing. Two years later, after the first trip, we decided to go back, but... We had a group that did an anointing prayer over us here at church. And some of those words that they gave us just kind of made us shake our heads, scratch our heads. You know, it's like, what in the world are you talking about? It's just us, just John and Bev, you know, the kids from Texas, you know. And um, but they said things about that we would have influence with pastors. We would be government officials and something about finances. And it was like, uh, what, what on earth? So anyway, then we were off to Roatan, and we stayed for seven weeks. And uh, during those seven weeks, we met pastors that were hungry for revival. And we met a government official. Uh, a gov one of the government officials that we met uh, was a guy that was head of Copeca, which is kind of like our Red Cross and FEMA come together. You know, he's over all the island and sh can shut it down if a, hur a hurricane comes or he'll send a boat out if your boat goes under. Or I don't know. But anyway, he's, he's got that level of, uh, of authority. And so anyway, so that was pretty amazing. And then we were led into all these schools that talked about Jesus. They were, I mean, all the schools are so open about Jesus. And, and we could go in and, and just be a part of that. So we decided to start taking missions trips, and we went on one in 2015, 16, and 17. Uh, and so John and I stayed for an extra week at the end of that trip, the last trip that we just took. And during that time, we went to a youth worship time, which was really awesome, but it was all in Spanish. 
Now, not everybody speaks Spanish there. It's English and Spanish, but we do not speak Spanish. So God's going to have to help us with that one. And he will. I, I know he will. But anyway, the next slide. So, okay, so this was very interesting because we're at this place. I don't see any other T-shirts like this. So, you know, God is so good in the little things because favorite color and the verse that he gave me standing right there in front of me. And I'm like, okay, he, he's pretty serious about this thing. So picture, you know, because nobody would believe me if I told them, you know. I mean, unbelievable. So she has on a, a T-shirt with Jeremiah 33, 3, which was amazing. Okay, now, 2016, John starts ISSM. He's now in his second year of ISSM, and wow, what an amazing trip that puts us on, because now we like, we're, we're like all in, like all together, all in, we think alike, we, you know, we do things alike. I know I'm still crazy, but I'm not as crazy, I think, as he thought, so, uh, but anyway, one day when I was teaching second year and he was in first year, we were riding home together after an ISSM class. And uh, we were just throwing around possibilities of moving to Honduras at that time or moving to Roatan. And this is what we saw. So have you ever seen a truck like that? So this truck goes right by us and it says, courage to go far. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, fiddling for my phone I right as I take my picture some lights hit it so it, it you know I, we could get it and so I mean I've never I've looked for a truck like that again I have not been able to find one but that was on the side of a truck you know as we're talking about whether we should go or not you know so God just he loves the little things you know he just he speaks in so many different ways um so anyway, last January 2017, we decided that we're going uh, that once a year on missions trips just wasn't enough for us. And so we decided to move or to, to move to the island. So <clears throat> because we had fallen in love with the island and with its people, and it, it's just they're just wonderful people. Um, so we sold our home of 24 years and we gave everything away except what would fit in a 10 by 10 storage unit. And so, so that's a big deal. <laughs> you know, 24. So we would bring the girls over and say, you take what you want, and whatever you don't want, it's going away. And so they would look at it, and they would pick whatever they wanted. Anyway, it all went away. So in April, though, the vineyard, uh, Pastor Randy and Jane, they knew that it was an important step for us because in, uh, in April of last year, the, the vineyard licensed us as pastors. They were already calling us pastors, like Pastor Beth, Pastor John, and we're like, no, 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 we're not pastors. We're just John and Beth from Texas. You know what I mean? It was like, we're, no, we're not. But in, in uh, Latin American countries, it's really important. And so they, they were gracious enough to, to license us. And so now, you know, we, we have that to take with us. Um, and so now we're just excited to see what God has for us on this island of Roatan. And uh, John's going to come up and talk a little bit more about what's going on.
All right, I come to close it out here. So, uh, yeah, I was a little nervous about coming and in, in speaking today just because, uh, you know, I'm just not used to this. But uh, when, you're, when you're up here and just sharing your story, I mean, just sharing what God's doing in your life is pretty exciting. I, I'm going to have to start out, first of all, correcting my wife. Probably wouldn't be the first time. But she said uh, that we think alike. No, no, no. No, we have the same goal, okay? So we're headed to the same place. We do not think alike, but, uh, but it's, it's getting better. So, um, so go ahead and put that next slide up if you would. So this, uh, this slide here has become one of my, my favorites as we are on this journey. And uh, it's um, uh, Joshua 1.9. And I, you know, I can just... You know, as I sit and think about what's going on, I can just, you know, hear Jesus there, you know, in front of me just saying, you know, I, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So what an encouragement. I've, I've you know, really have, uh, have clung on to that verse as we, as we move forward. So in regards to us being different, the next slide. Um, Okay, so uh, my wife had mentioned something about this DISC profile, so I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with it or whatever, but my wife is a DI and I'm an SC, which just simply means that we are polar opposites in regards to how we see the world. So as she mentioned, she's a visionary. So, and this is how visionary sees the world. So when she came to me and said that God wants to go to the island uh, of Roatan, or to take the island of Roatan for Jesus, she was passionate all in, but she was already like walking down this road, just trying to see what's the end and, you know, going forward. I saw things just a little different, okay? <laughs> all right, so we don't think alike, okay? I saw this as something that may just be a problem. There may be something that we need to overcome here, so... And this was not the first idea that she's come to me with. So it's not this, the first clip I have stood on the side of, you know. And so, but uh, for me, you know, as, as things like this are presented, I mean, she's just like I said, just, let's just go do it, you know. And for me, I'm, I'm looking for a way of escape, or not escape, a solution, not escape. Next slide, next slide. You'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. So I'm looking for a bridge. Okay, so I'm like, okay, we can't jump this canyon, so there's got to be a bridge or we can't do this, you know. So I'm always looking for that, that solution, you know. Um, so, it, you know, it only, when she came to me, it only took me a millisecond to think of the dozen of concerns that I had, you know. Well, what if the plane goes down, you know. Uh, what are we going to eat, you know. What about our family? What about finances, you know. So all this was running through my mind, you know. But so... So Bev looked at the crazy idea as an adventure. I looked at the crazy idea as crazy. <laughs> okay? But there was, there was something that was common between us, and I'm sure it's a lot of uh, true for a lot of you out there that kind of have this vision back there, and that is we wanted more of God. Okay? That's what was bringing us together, is that, you know, I was, I was ready to do crazy. Okay? Because I just wanted so much of God. I just, you know, I wanted more of what God was doing. So, and you know that, that wanting more of God is, is what gives you the courage. That's what gives you the courage to step into his promises that he's given you. 
So, you know, you, you, you've, you just got to, you know, want more of him. So God has been teaching us that if, uh, if we can see a solution, uh, okay, he's been teaching me, that if I, if I can see a solution like this, if I can see the bridge, then that means I can do it on my own, you know? Therefore, I don't really need God, you know? So it's that part that I, you know, was learning to trust, uh, you know? It, so it, it takes courage when, you know, when, there's, when you don't see the bridge and you see this impossible task in front of you, and that was something that God was, was teaching me. And then God is also changing hearts. Um, again, you know, a lot of you have these visions that God, these dreams that God has given you, and you've you've been having them, you know, for a long time. And you know, with some of you, it may be, you know, you might not be sure, you know, is this vision really, is this dream from God or not? Well, I figured out the way that you really determine if a vision from God is, you look at it and say, is this impossible? Uh, because if it's possible for you to do, then just go do it, you know. But if it's impossible, then it involves God. You've got to get God involved in doing it and helping you and so forth. So, the, you know, of course, the Bible's full of lots of stories of the impossible. And, you know, the one I, I really like is Gideon. And you know, everybody knows that, okay, Gideon went into this battle with 300, the impossible, you know. But what intrigued me is, you know, most people don't really realize how many he started out with, you know. He had 32,000, 32,000 fighting men. And he, and he whittles it down to 300 to go into battle, you know, so it's just like God, right? And the other thing that intrigues me is how he picked the 300, okay? I would have been picking up 10 cans off the road, throwing them up in the air and say, take your bow and tell, you know, see if you can hit the can in the air. If you can, you go with me. If not, you don't. You know what I mean? Something like that. But no, God just says, you know, let them, let them drink and see how they drink. But, you know... I don't know. You know, it's just strange to me. But, you know, but still, the, the, the point of that was that, you know, God had, had told Gideon that, you know, said you have too many men. You know, he said they'll say that, that you did it, you know, with that many men. So God wants to be a part of what you're doing. So uh, next slide. So I've had to rethink, you know, what this looks like to me. And Matthew 19:26 is been one of those verses that that God's been speaking to me. So Jesus looked at them and said, you know, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So that's something that God has just really been working me. And, you know, I've had to really meditate on is that as we do these things and there's things that come up that concern me and so forth that, you know, all things are possible with God. So, um, so we've also learned that God is always in the process of preparing you to do something for him. So, I mentioned our ministry in Broad Ripple, our different visits to Roatan and so forth. Those were not accidents, you know. Everything that you're doing is preparing you to do something big for God. So for you, whether it's where you're working now, uh, you know, just things going on in your life, you know, you may say, oh, I hate this job and so forth. But God is doing something, you know. He's preparing you for something big. So you just need to, you know, to press into that and look for those things that God's trying to teach you. Um, so uh, we have found that each time that you take a step in faith, God gives you the courage to take the next step. Um, for example, early in our journey, uh, we were trying to decide at one point if we were going to go back to Roatan or not. And, you know, one of the two of us was probably dragging their feet a little bit. And, uh, but, you know, so, you know, I was like, okay, Lord, you know, if you really want us to go back, you, you need to kind of like make this clear to me. So, uh, so one Sunday there was a prophetic art table set up, and you know, bless those prophetic art people, they're awesome. So I sit down and said, okay, you know, um, 
I have a choice of sitting down with you or coming into service. I have a few more minutes, so I'll, I'll sit down. And so I gave him my name and, and, you know, said, draw something. So next slide. So the, out of all the things, you know, the infinite number of things they could have drawn, uh, you know, they sit there and they draw an island for me. So if you ever said, well, you know, God, if you want to do this, you know, you need to write it down or draw me a picture. Okay. I'm that person. And God is that God. Okay. God will draw you a picture if that's what you need. So that's what they drew. And in that picture right there was huge because that gave us the courage to take the next step. You know, that was just confirmation that, you know, the, the journey we were on was, was the correct journey. So now here we are today, stepping into the promises God has given us. Since that first trip six years ago, we have led three short-term mission trips. We've had Pastor Tristan from Roatan speak here at the church. And, um, and we are now just a few weeks from moving to another country. So, yes, it takes courage, you know, as you move forward. Okay. Shoot. Don't put the slide up yet. Oh, shoot. I try not to look at it, okay? So, um, Bev and I know for certain that God is sending us to Roatan, Honduras, uh, because he has given us the grace to leave our three daughters and two grandkids. So, just like Joshua told the Israelites, he said to build an altar for future generations to see that we might... Um, uh, see to see we want to leave our family a legacy so that when our grandchildren ask their parents about us and say you know what does this mean that they'll be able to tell them the story of this day give me just a second <clears throat> must have been something I ate <laughs> so um, okay so next slide uh, yeah, next slide. <laughs> next, next, next slide. So, um, so how about you? So, um, you know, what legacy uh, are you leaving? Where is your Roatan? Okay, is it your neighborhood, your city, your state, or is it another country? God has promised to be with you wherever you go. I challenge you to have the courage to step into that promise. So our prayer, uh, Bev and I's prayer for you today is back to that Joshua 1.9, 1, that would be your verse also. That God will say to you, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Okay. So is Dave Knowles. Yeah, there, Dave. I'm going to ask Dave if he would come and just kind of close us out here. And thank you so much. Not sure how to follow that last slide right there. It got, got to me. Um, boy, you can just see these guys are awesome people, aren't they? I mean, through and through, as authentic and genuine as you'll ever find anywhere, any place. And um, they're such great people that uh, the thought comes to me that we just can't keep them to ourselves. You know, it'd be nice to. But as sad as we are, they're going, we're even happier that somebody else is going to benefit from who they are. Because that's what it's about, you know. You can teach people what you know, but, but you can transform people with who you are. And, and so they are just such a gift to, to us and to, 
to this church, to Roatan now. Uh, and of course, we'll stay connected through the years. I thought of a verse in, in Isaiah 12, verse 3. It says, therefore, with joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation. And that's just, a, that, that verse is, uh, is you guys, you know. You, you draw water out of the wells of salvation with joy. And uh, it's just been an honor to watch you do that. And, um, and you're an example to the rest of us, you know, that have our own Roatan because everybody's got one. You may not be moving to an island, but, but you're, you're moving. If you're with God, you're moving because God is a God that's on the move and he has things for us to do. I thought of another a quote that I, I got on a, off a podcast a minute, uh, a minute ago, <laughs> not a minute ago, but it, it says something like, uh, the day before breakthrough, wait a minute, hold on. I thought I had this pulled up. Uh, yeah, the day before breakthrough, it's just a crazy idea. And so John and Bev, they inspire us to embrace a crazy idea because it just could be God. And so uh, we just want to close with a time of prayer for anybody who wants to receive prayer. So you may be out there and you may think, I know what my Roatan is, but I need, I need a little oomph. I need some courage. I need some agreement. Or I know what my Roatan is, but I've never said it out of my mouth like Bev, just, Bev did and made it real by declaring what it was that I was going to do. Or you may be saying, like somebody did this, front, the, the first service came and said, ah, we've been through some things in our lives right now, and we're at a place of transition, and now we really don't know what our Roatan is. So you may not know what it is, but God has something for everybody to do that's bigger than you and that requires the God of the impossible to come through for you. But John and Bev just demonstrate this so beautifully. And so I want to invite you to come forward for prayer here in just a second. And if you want to, if you want to step out, sometimes, you know, faith requires an act activity. Just the act of stepping forward is like might be your way of saying, I'm doing this. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm doing this. And God's going to fill in the rest. So would you stand? I think we should give John Bev another hand right now. <laughs> yeah. That was just awesome. We're, we're going to, we're taking a trip to Roatan in uh, June. Uh, ISSM in conjunction with the vineyard, we're doing, taking a group over there in June. So if you'd like to go see this young lady right here, Jane Boken. Raise your hand, Jane, you know, and uh, yeah, come on up here. She's, uh, she's leading this group, and uh, we need a, a handful of other people to say yes to going, and so uh, John and Bev will already be there, so they'll be there to greet us when we get there. It, it's a week. It goes from Saturday to Saturday. Jane's got all the deets for you, all right? So thanks, Jane. All right, so the ministry team, would you come forward? Yeah, yeah. so um, if you'd like prayer, we invite you to come and let God touch your heart. So for, for somebody, I feel like this is a strike and ignite moment for you. It's like the moment when the match hits that, whatever that is, that strip the, on the matchbook where 
where you, you reach that point of, of ignition. And uh, so don't, don't let that moment pass you by. Step out and say yes to Jesus, whatever it is that you want to do. So, Father, I thank you for John and Bev and for their lovely family and their lovely grandkids. And we just bless them right now. Father, and all, that they're, all the things that are going through their minds and their hearts right now, we just pray you bless them big time. Supply all of their needs, Father. Encourage their hearts. And also we pray for those of us in, in this room, Father, who are sending them, who also have our own Roatan to embrace. And so we just say yes to you, God. We say yes to you. We say yes to the crazy in order to see the God of the impossible do something through us that will give glory to Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So you're free to, to go enjoy your week, but also we invite you to come forward, receive prayer if you would like to.